Hey folks, welcome back to the Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Ayers. And in this podcast, we want to share mentorship to learn how to hunt, fish, and gather wild food. Our goal is to reduce barriers and create an inclusive and welcoming community for all folks who want to learn how to eat wild. So join us as we share stories, ethics, adventures, and knowledge about a way of life that's rooted in eating wild. All right, well, I'm genuinely excited about this next podcast, and I guess it would be a podcast series, because we're just kind of re-entering life post-sheep hunt. And if you follow me on social media, uh, you'll know by now that we had a successful sheep hunt. And if you know if you know me and you've been following along for a while, like, sheep hunting has been something that I think I climbed my first sheep mountain 16 years ago and I it was I think from when we spotted the rams in the morning right first thing I just I just took off and went up the mountain it was like seven hours later I I was on top of the ridge looking down at three probably uh, like seven-year-old class rams uh, feeding through a big open basin and they eventually moved up into the rocks and bedded down and had an awesome hang with these rams. And of course, I was so inexperienced at the time that even if they were legal, I wouldn't really have known what to look for in terms of the annuli or even if, you know, with sheep, they need to have, um, here in BC, was just, we're talking about uh, stone sheep, thin horn sheep in BC, and they d- needed to have uh, eight annuli visible to establish that they are a mature ram, an eight-year-old ram, or they have to have um, what's called a full curl ram, so that the horn actually grows up and past the bridge of its nose. If you're looking at it perfectly from the side view of the animal, so in either event. 16 years ago, relatively, you know, totally new to the concept of sheep hunting, hadn't really studied aging sheep, had no idea. Nonetheless, had an awesome hunt. And that experience, you know, left me with a couple of, you know, understandings that one thing, she, sheep hunting is really hard. I mean, it's hard to get to sheep country physically, but it's also magical. Once you're up there, you're on top of, you're on top of the world, right? Hanging out with these sheep and, uh, and you just get to hang out with them and watch them. So, you know, probably life didn't allow me to really put together any sheep hunts, uh, dedicated sheep hunts. I was more of a food motivated hunter. Well, I've always been a food motivated hunter, but just being able to take two weeks off and invest the time to sheep hunting wasn't really available to me um, until probably in the last like eight years or something like that. And and I think I've tried doing some type of a sheep hunt for the past eight years. And that's involved either, you know, flying in to a remote area of BC and, and investing in hiking around uh, and, and looking for sheep and sheep country. We've been kind of involved jet boats, I think, in a couple of hunts, horses in some hunts, uh, more recently pack rafts. So there's always been a really good adventure associated with whatever sheep hunt concept we've come up with. But at the end of the day, like, 
sheep hunting is hard and a lot of things got to come together. And every one of those hunts that I put together fell short of having a success measured by getting a ram. Um, certainly learned a ton every time and had some, you know, cool experiences. In any event, here we are, 2021. We've just come back from, we're calling this the Ramtastic Adventure. We planned a fly-in drift, uh, drift, uh, pack, sorry, drift and pack raft hunt with a bunch of good friends. You'll meet here on the podcast. You'll meet, of course, my hunting partner, mm-hmm. Jenny P. Uh, you've already met Spencer Lagod, uh, a good friend of mine now from the Shimshin Territory. And uh, you've also probably met, if you've been following along, uh, Scott Donker, who's a park ranger friend of mine. And, uh, and we've worked together, and he's also a good pal now. And the four of us set out on a uh, yeah, sheep hunting pack raft adventure. And for once, when all of this logistic stuff has got to come together, like weather, uh, river conditions, mountain conditions, hunting pressure, for once, well, and then the presence of sheep, that being a large factor, you know, for once, all the stuff, you know, maybe it all aligned for once. And we had some... But we had success. So this next series of podcasts is about that level of, of it's about that adventure, the journey that we've had. And I think what I'm going to do here is I've got we we did capture some audio well on the hunt uh, throughout the hunt to kind of capture the well everything that sort of happened along the way, and we kind of I think it got pretty much a, sh- a little recording from each day while we were in the field, and then we have a great wrap up podcast from the. Uh, sitting in the hotel room post hunt, which I'll, I'll share with you. And I'm going to kind of put it all into a probably two or three podcasts here and share it with you. And then a little later tonight, I'm going to get on back on the podcast machine and, and we'll do a wrap up hang with the, with the crew and some reflections on our hunt. So it's a really long intro to the Ramtastic adventure. Now, before I jump into things, I just want to recognize that this trip was legitimately fueled by the West coast kitchen folks. Uh, we had, Awesome, nutritious, freeze-dried meals every night of our trip, and we'll probably reflect on that a little bit throughout the podcast. So you'll they'll get a full the a full plug on uh, on the good value that their product provided us for uh, this adventure. And uh, yeah, let's get started. So the first, I'll just break it down for you. So what we're gonna do here for you is we're gonna you're gonna join us in the hotel room after the hunt, after what amounts to I think seven or eight days of mountain and river adventure and we're kind of recouping in the hotel room and we get a chance to kind of introduce the hunt and um, and then I'll probably drop in several days of the hunting adventure uh, after the introduction. So you'll get that in the first episode. And then beyond that, we've got the... Uh, We'll talk a little bit about their successful hunt days, and we'll also talk about the post hunt, which I think is kind of interesting, and probably episode three. So I hope you stay tuned for all three episodes. Have a bit of fun hanging out with us. All right, let's get started. So Spencer, tell me how you got mixed up on your first sheep hunting adventure with Dylan and crew. Okay. 
I guess I, it involves introducing myself then. Well, yeah, an introduction and, and how, well, two, maybe three questions and I will go around the room while I stand to you. So sorry. How did you get, well, introduce yourself? How did you get mixed up in this adventure? And, uh, and kind of what was your thoughts about sheep hunting going into this? Like, how, how did you get here? Cool. So my name is Lagod. That's my Tsimshian indigenous name. My given name is Spencer Greening. I happen to be a researcher community researcher for my nation and uh, just avid harvester and I got mixed up with Dylan from Eat Wild our host here today uh, via the podcasting network world and we had just we've done a couple podcasts together and uh, and we had always talked about hunting uh, and, and making a, a, a hunting trip together a reality and uh, I, I think, I don't know where this came, this trip came from in Dylan's mind, but I know that it came out of a, a project, needing a project during COVID for Dylan. And so he also, I think, was looking for people who were willing to do a hunt that could be potentially pretty painful and uh and I, I maybe saw that i was a sucker for pain in some way um you hunt goats on the coast of british columbia and some of the toughest part of the world so i figured you could stand a sheep hunt yeah and and so uh that ties into my interest in this and in that i i love goats mountain goats and through that love alpine anything to do with learning about the alpine and how to harvest in the alpine and uh i think i my interest with sheep first struck me not through anything external to my village but actually in my village uh there was a, a, a years ago they tore down this what they would call a boathouse this thing that held all these supplies yeah um and uh it would have been an elder who had long passed and it was his boathouse and and it had all kinds of gear and and uh, and things but there were these goat horns and often goat horns were carved out of spoons and uh, or yeah sorry spoons were carved out of goat horns yeah but amongst the goat horns was this huge sheep horn yeah and it just struck me and I, it was just, what is this thing that doesn't exist on the coast? Okay. I knew of sheep, but it, is just, it just struck me at that point that, whoa, maybe at some point I could go hunt sheep. Because I'm always just sort of thinking and hunting in my territory. And, uh, and I, I, personally, I put it into the universe. And I never prodded you for that. But uh, yeah, and then things just sort of, I think, came to be. I and I'm going into this. I, I I will prelude and end on this statement that it is all kind of bizarre because it is one of my first times hunting in a place where I have such little connection, and it's been sort of this life's work of mine. What I talk about in my research around indigenous knowledge and management and stewardship and hunting and harvesting is that when you har harvest from a place, you treat it like a garden and you put in what you take out. And so this is like a little experiment and discomfort for me to hunt on a sheep hunt that's so far removed from my territory. 
Yeah, I like that that idea of, and, and we and this will come more into focus maybe a little later in the podcast as we relate to some of the experiences we had about that connection to a place. And and I was just thinking about that today as we were in Fort St. John. I'm kind of hung up here for a day, and how connected I I am to this funny little town as we like we we've gone around and we we've, we've got so much community here that's helped us get out of a bit of a crisis that we're in, and and I just felt really welcomed in this community and and getting to know these mountains and this network of people that know these mountains that are willing to share their information with us so that we have a safe trip and ultimately a successful trip. I'm, I'm coming to feel like this area that I've been hunting for the past 15 years and, and that has resulted in this successful sheep hunt essentially is, is part of that understanding of a place and the connection to the place. And, and I had that in a few different places around BC. Um, but it's interesting and, and, uh, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, thank you so much, Spencer, for being here. The other thing I was sort of wanted to reflect on is like we talked about doing a hunt, and in my mind, I was like, you know, let's go black bear hunting, or let's like like an entry level, like let's like an entry level, see if we get a long kind of hunt, mm-hmm. maybe not like a yeah. two week like just about die adventure hunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> people I've never hunted with anyone in the crew, so it was a cool experiment. Yeah, it was a bit of a. It was a bit of well, I think we. Anyway, we'll, 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 let's get around the room here. So, hey, Jenny P., how you doing? I'm good. So, Thank how you. how'd you get involved in the mixed mixed up in a hunt like this? You asked. <laughs> hey, Jenny, you want to do this? Sure. And then and then he laid it out a bit later. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, we went last year, but it involves a bit of preparation for me. So, I know that I'm ready to go and can carry some packs. But pretty much, you asked and. Your adventures are always fun. So I said yes and then started asking questions later. Do you regret saying yes? Not at all. Cool. I just need the uh, knowledge beforehand on what kind of gear I need and what kind of shape I need to be in and how much time I need off work and <laughs> good to go. Awesome. Hey, Scott. How'd you end up on this trip? And maybe you should, you're not a regular on the, we have been on the podcast before, <laughs> on our, but which is our most notable and popular <laughs> podcast on our, believe it or not, our, wow. our Mule Deer podcast. And <laughs> it must be because I didn't even think it was because you were on there. That's why it was the biggest draw on our stuff. Anyway, say yeah, hello, obviously. Yeah. Introduce yourself and how'd you get here? And uh, yeah. My name's Scott. And yeah, I consider myself a sort of novice, intermediate hunter, but. Um, lover of wild places and uh, you invited me on the scent last year um, which was an honor and I just I couldn't make it work because busy with kids and whatnot but uh, this year I managed to make it and I just uh, I think the appeal to me was just being able to explore a wild place that I hadn't been before um, the hunting aspect was a bonus for me um, and just being able to support the team and, um, you know, I feel like I had some things to offer to the crew, not, you know, apart from being a, you know, an intermediate hunter, but, uh, yeah, no, just, just seeing, seeing new country was really the draw for me and a true adventure, which, yeah, it's getting harder and harder to come by these days and there's fewer and fewer places that we can go to, to experience that, so. That's really what drew me. The sheep was a bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sheep, sheep yeah. idea was pretty fun. Yeah. So maybe we should, okay, so on, on, on that, so I think it's kind of interesting. And, and there was, 
you know, on any of these adventures, hunts that you put together, like you're always sort of thinking about your crew because the crew dynamic is one of like the foundational pieces of a successful hunt. And when someone has a meltdown or just can't pull through or, or you just don't enjoy hanging with them, it can just deteriorate what is a, you know, could be an awesome adventure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I can say why I, you know, invited each of you on this, why I thought it would work. And, and so first off, I mean, Jenny and I, you know, it's an easy one because we are, we're adventure buddies. We've built a foundation from ski trips to fishing trips to hunting trips. And Jenny puts up with me. <laughs> Most of the time, Adrian. I try. I try my best. Well, you, you do really support me in lots of ways. And you, and, and you understand me and you support me. And, and you also say yes to my adventure ideas. But then you, you're also one of the hardest. You're definitely the hardest working partner in these adventures I've ever had. Like you always are always thinking about the next job that has to happen and try and like you see how much I try and take on and you try and take things off of my sort of plate that has to get done and you're always looking for that next job. And I'm like, every time I turn around, I'm like, wow, thanks for doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. And then having someone that takes on that that work that has to happen with all these adventures and those. those it's those so much work. Yeah. It's so it's... much work. It's really like if I make you coffee in the morning, then that's my job done. And <laughs> my, my food will be hung and my raft will be dragged. And yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it, anyways. I, I I think it's it's amazing, and and uh, and plus we just have so many laughs when we're on these adventures. That's that's an easy call. Um, but Donker, the reason why I was Scott Scott Donker, we also know the dog. Um, we because uh, we've worked together. So we I actually was your boss for a couple couple <laughs> yeah. years. So I so I knew I could boss you around. I still is, feel like you're my boss. Yeah. So I just I just know you will respond well to me bossing you around. Yeah. That's no, not true at all. The, yeah, no, no, just yeah. your love of wilderness and your passion for wilderness and also like having uh, it's such a wilderness background and you've just been in wilderness so much and and when I worked with you that was such strength that I saw in you and I'm like and knowing that someone can survive in wilderness is such a key thing and you know yeah. being competent in wilderness so that was an easy call it's my it's Scott's not only his confidence but his energy level and his his desire to be out there and the spring in his step and oh. he bounds through the mountains and he floats down the river and the strength in his paddle there's this amazing energy that comes off of you that's so fun to be a part of later in the podcast we poke fun at scott's pack size <laughs> <laughs> but as like scott's a machine a he's machine. just a machine but if a he machine had with a smile and a sparkle in his eye and goat tendons in yeah. his legs yeah a little springing up the hill oh yeah yeah we, we couldn't let that scott like lead on the trail because we'd all just just eventually just be like running down the trail behind him trying to keep up you know we, by the time we caught up he's sitting there having a smoke <laughs> for real <laughs> like sitting on a log with a smoke oh hey okay i'm good to go whatever you guys are <laughs> cool. yeah and i'm yeah for the record, I wasn't meaning to rush anybody. Or that's just that's just the pace that I operate at, and yeah, yeah it's cool. There's no, no no pressure. Yeah, it was great on the raft, you know. Like you, you were just you, you were a little quicker. Your boat was a bit quicker, so yeah. And uh, later, was, yeah, just nicer to yeah, nice having someone doing all that work and the pre scouting and oh, happy and, to do it, man. Yeah, totally, it's been a lot of work on the back end of this trip, so yeah, right on. Okay, so then I thought, so Spencer, I was thinking a couple thoughts. Well, for one thing, I, 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 
you're 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 you you have such an appetite for like wildlife and place and i just i just and i knew that it was the right call when we first got in the boats and we were floating down that river and it was like you're just like i never thought i could be doing something like this right now and i'm doing it and tell me about that moment yeah i i don't have a rational explanation for it but as a kid i would travel certain places and just for some reason feel there was this block like i wasn't allowed to hunt or explore here and as i got older i think that embedded in itself into my brain like just stick to your own territory my my nation's territory or the place i grew up which is outside of my territory but have connections to and as a kid i remember seeing these glacier streams in the rocky mountains and thinking i i want to see that i want to explore those mountains and and travel through those streams and this trip i didn't realize until we were in the plane and i saw these glacier streams and i saw these places that i dreamed of visiting and it all came to fruition and it was just an awe inspiring moment for me and uh yeah i that was the feeling i was trying to communicate yeah no i i, I like i i and it's so, so it was so great to hear that right in the beginning of the trip too because like there's on trips like this like there's sort of part of it where you're just kind of constantly worried about surviving or taking care of the next mission component of a of, of the trip that you sometimes forget about like how how you know how freaking amazing it is to be in these places or connecting with mm -hmm. this wildlife or like yeah being on like just the trip itself is such an awesome trip that you can kind of forget about it's busy it's busy and it's yeah. hard and 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 that's so i i thought i just in our conversation spencer and, and the way that you you talk about your connection with land i just thought that you would you just love being in the mountains you know hanging out doing this i just thought that was the right anyway and you're also I also know you're just a you're 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 a real hunter and you love hunting and mm -hmm. if you love hunting you're gonna love being in the northern rockies hanging out so yeah it could have been a real fail like who imagine if i was nothing what i said to me <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no yeah, but it, it worked out that ram on day one scout man because you know, you're always looking through your scope. Yeah. Well, I, I will get to that, I bet, at some point. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, before we break and get into the hunt, let's just talk about what the hunt plan concept was and how we kind of put the trip together. Um, Jenny, what part of the trip were you most excited about, of the components of this trip, how we did it? Um were you looking forward to the rafting or the, the hiking or what, how did, what were you excited about coming back to it having done something last year? The rafting scares me. So no, I was not looking forward to the rafting. The rafting is something we can't control. If I'm hiking up a mountain or something and I want to stop and take a break, I can do that. If I'm rafting on a river and I want to pull over, I may be able to, but I may not be able to. So that lack of control down the river, I find quite frightening. The most I was looking forward to was after spending time talking to the people that were helping us look at where we were going and actually spending more time than I ever had before 
looking at maps was to be in those mountains to see if they look like I thought they would and if I was going to feel like I imagined I would hiking up those mountains and being in that territory. So I wanted to be off the boats in the Alpine hanging out. Yeah, totally. In that, that research component, we did so much research of looking over the mountains and picking our spots out. And yeah. Scott, how about you? What were you like when, when I sort of pitched you at the concept to you? Like, what, 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 were, you, what were your thoughts about the idea? I think what really interested me was just the, the, the logistical diversity of the trip. You know, having the hiking component. Well, walk us through it. Like, pitch, pitch the whole concept to it, like to the listener, without telling any specifics about where we went. <laughs> well, just, you know, I mean, typically I've always been. Um, I've, I mean, I've always been a, a sort of a mountaineer and doing mountain trips and the logistics around mountain trips are, you know, you, okay, how are you going to get up the Alpine? Are you going to fly or are you going to hike? Um, you, and you go up and you hike for a few days and you have or five days, whatever, how, however much you can carry on your back. But this trip was interesting because, um, you know, it had a component of, okay, so we fly in. And then typically, like in sheep country, most people fly out. They harvest a ram or whatever, and then they, they go back to the same spot and they fly out. Whereas this trip, it was more, I don't know, it's just you you get to, it's multifaceted, right? So you get to go up into the mountains and explore this amazing area where probably no one else will be. Um, walk ridges, get your alpine experience, get all that. But then also, after that adventure is done, there's a whole nother adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't just get your ram and go back to the airstrip and fly out. Like getting your ram was like part one of the adventure. Part two of the adventure is okay, we have a ram, which was, I mean, you know, in itself was a bit of a challenge and something that probably we didn't expect to have. Like, to be able to harvest two rounds. I know we'll get there in the podcast, but um, but then the, this river component, which is totally unknown. I mean, I Googled, I Googled the river that we were gonna do and I couldn't find any information on this river and how we were gonna get down. And I had concerns about that. You know, I was just thinking logistically about, okay, so you go hunting in the Alpine, then you come down the river but it's not like there's no benchmarks or there's there's no guide to run off. You just get in your rafts and you have to get back to where you came from. But there's no information on <laughs> <laughs> from where you started to where you're supposed to end in the rafts. Yeah. So to me, that was like very intriguing because how do you, I don't know, it's, it's, that's, that's what adventure is all about. It's the unknown. There's nothing. There's no guide to run off, and it's just yeah. So I I, I think just the, the the multifaceted component of the the trip was what really drew me in. Just the mountain component and this whole another dynamic of a river, which could have class three, four, or five rapids. We don't know. We're in pack rafts and we're loaded down and. We just have to navigate and like it, it just like instilled this feeling to me of like yeah being an explorer which 
you know, this day and age is a thing that's kind of, I think, hard to come by. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to do it. And, and you yeah. had the, you had, like you said, you had, you had the meat component and the, yeah, yeah, trying to get down. And, and then, of course, as we ran into, but we'll talk about it maybe later, but just like the logistics of hunting in yeah. the Southwest. <laughs> pretty, pretty well. Dropped out of the sky and your truck's 120 kilometers away and it's a couple of mountain ranges and a river between you and hopefully a ram or two. <laughs> yeah. Go. Go. Well, so we did. <laughs> hey, we pulled it off, you guys. And this is, uh, let, let's, uh, let's break here and then we'll, we'll um, catch up with the listeners as we get through the week. So far. Okay. <laughs> what was on the podcast so far? Beer's cracking. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Just to, guys, no, no beer's cracking. That's my bubbly. <laughs> Just another bubbly. Just another bubbly. Hard. The thirsty dehydrated sheep runner. Super dehydrated. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get you out of the hotel room and into sheep country here. So what we did over the course of our sheep hunt, we got a little bit of a little audio recording updates from one of us on the crew uh, as we got through our our six or seven day adventure. So I'm going to send those over to you now. And um, yeah, we recorded these on our, our iPhone with the little with the little road mic. So they turned out surprisingly good for field conditions. But yeah, hope you enjoy the adventure. <laughs> So I was calling to the tent to get Jenny's day one highlights, but she's already asleep. So I guess you'll just get my highlights. Well, it's also like 9, 9.30 and we had an early start, but pretty tuckered after a long day. So I'm looking forward to being asleep too, but I am noticing that it's like going to bed at 9.30 and it's like daylight outside and being this far north, I think uh, this early we have really long days and this just doesn't feel like the sun really goes down but um yeah looking forward to tucking in and it was a long hike up the hill today like any any time you try and get you know up in the alpine where it typically is much nicer going like there's a lower brush and it's easier to walk around but there's always this transition going from you know the river or road, um, you get some timber for a bit, but eventually that timber, you know, turns into willow and and alder and stuff. And it's just like, it doesn't seem to want to hold a trail very well, even if there's a sort of a maintained trail at some point that seems to grow in and just like, yeah, slows you down, beats you up. But we got through that stage today. And I think for looking forward to the rest of our hunt, I hope we're high enough that we can avoid kind of going back through that zone and tomorrow we're, we're actually a couple of days ahead of um, opening day for sheep. So we're pretty much scouting. And that's kind of, um, I just realized as I was going to bed here that I actually don't have to take my gun with me, which is great. So I get to leave five, or well, seven or eight pounds, guns and bullets behind camp tomorrow. We're just going to get up on the ridges above us and take the spotting scopes and our lunches. And yeah, hopefully have a fun day of spotting the... Um, the weather's been a real, really lucky with the weather. It's anytime you're coming into camp and especially pu- pushing through like that transition from timber through the, the brush there and, and uh, being able to do that on a day where um, it's super dry and it was dry today, sunny and dry, almost, well, it was too sunny. It was hot today with almost no wind. So the bugs are just having at her today and thick with bugs. So 
yeah, basically running up the hill away from the bugs, but then getting so hot that you, yeah, you have to slow down and take breaks and then you get eaten by bugs. And yeah, it was a little bit, bit of a tormenting day, but, uh, yeah, we're here now and bugs are a little bit less, um, buggy up here in the Alpine and if a bit of wind comes up, I'm sure it'll clean out the bugs for us for, give us some relief. Um, but yeah, we're here for a couple of days of scouting before opening day on the 1st. So looking forward to poking around those mountains. Okay, see you in a bit. So, hey, hey Scott, how you doing? Great. You have a good, you? No, I'm great, man. I'm doing really good, actually. How couldn't you be? Well, geez, after well, it's been some hard moments of heat, heat exhaustion and... Uh, bug like like overwhelmed by bugs but i mean right at this moment it's uh cooled off a bit and the bugs are just being kind of nice right now so yeah relatively speaking they're being nice aren't they yeah totally so we're <laughs> able to break out the podcast machine and uh so hey can you um give us a recap for for day two of our, of our sheep hunt i should actually say this is actually day three technically because we were on the river day one it is yeah yeah day two we packed our way up into sheep country so this was our first day of sheep looking so take it over. Yeah, so day started earlier than I would have liked, I guess. Uh, got woken up in the tent by Spencer, claiming he heard some grunting. Um, <laughs> after that, it kind of... Uh, <laughs> what was the, I, I heard some commotion about midnight. What was going on? Well, Spencer was convinced he heard a bit of a grunt, and um, I was just about to sleep. I had some toilet paper in my ears, and um, I sort of jolted up and said grunt i opened up the tent okay i say you know which direction did you hear him from spencer and he said well i think you know 30 yards that way i said okay well can you pass my flashlight um so i slowly sort of snuck out of my tent in my sleep suit and with my headlamp on and did a quick scan around the <clears throat> the tent and didn't see anything which is great you know we, we hang our food and we're pretty bear safe here but uh Basically, we, we just concluded that it was you grunting in the night. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was, because <laughs> I was awake. <laughs> Anyways, that was, that was an early start. But uh, yeah, eventually, you know, got a couple hours in and uh, yeah, packed up pretty quick. We had a, about an hour um, sort of bug free, which was, which was a real blessing. A bit of frost on the ground. Um, kind of came Oof. up. Yeah, sorry. Came up with a game plan. Um, Dylan and Jenny, we're going to head out the, the west side, and uh, Spencer and I headed up the, the east to look for rams. Um, you know, the first part was a bit of a bushwhack. Uh, yeah. We did learn something, that the first four hours of the day, while they are early and cool, colder, they are bug-free, and the sun's not out yet. So I think we're going to shift our like like 3.30 yeah. wake-ups, 4 o'clock wake-ups, and then hike up these mountains. Yes, well, it's still a little bit cooler out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unseasonably hot right now. And um, I think, you know, by the time we, we both got up a pitch that normally would have, you know, been relatively straightforward, we were half dehydrated already. <laughs> so um, the temperatures were hot. Uh, we did manage to put eyes on some, some rams pretty early, though, um, which we, Spencer and I, were both pretty stoked about. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of watched rams for a bit, bit of the morning. And then you know how it got it just got like, hotter and hotter, ridiculously hot. Um, 
which probably limited the amount that the animals were moving around and if we could barely move around, I suspect that they were probably Well, yeah, and, and the bugs are insane. So I think this is a good thing. And it's the same thing with mule deer, as I'm told. Like, you know, when it's hot like this and the bugs are, like, the the mule deer or the sheep just push to the tops of the mountains where they can get the most chance at a gust of wind. And uh, and they just hang out up up, up high. And, uh, and then that's, I guess, the wind helps beat back the bugs, eh? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, and, the, you know, it you know, based on what you guys told us from your adventures today and what we saw, you know, it, there just wasn't a lot of movement. Um, a lot less bugs up high though, which was nice. Um, but it was, you know, yeah, it's just a really hot day. So did you guys see a legal ram today? <laughs> well, that's the golden question right now. <laughs> Dylan's skeptical, but Spencer and I have high I, hopes. Well, yeah, okay. So I would, like, I mean, it will be, an, I mean, if anybody is going to go on their first sheep hunt and walk up their first sheep hill and sit down and and have their first glassing session and see a legal round, it's going to be Spencer, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, it's going to be Spencer, he, but. Yeah, no, he's, he's keen. He's very keen. And, you know, we were just elated that we, we saw those rounds right off the bat. But, uh, you know, activity dropped off pretty much as soon as, yeah. you know, 11 o'clock. It just got so hot. Yeah. So we have a conundrum. Because we are, <laughs> yeah. are we going to invest in 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 this sighting of this possible mature <laughs> ram, and in which case it limits our ability for our group to move in further into sheep country. Jenny and I did have an awesome day. Like we saw lots of sheep. We saw twelve sheep today. Um, we saw a group of ewes that basically were bedded down under the same rock shelf all day. They were I'm just I'm sure they were uncomfortable and hot. Yeah, just uh, like us. Yeah, just like <laughs> us. Like I, 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 like I found a. I had to find a cave, and I crawled into a cave and had like an hour long like Me nap. Too. Nap. Oh yeah, absolutely. So hot. I just I was baking. I you know I I told Spencer I, you know Spencer I'm just gonna hide in this little crack for an hour. I'll catch up with you basically. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're feeling like that, I'm pretty sure those, you know. Those oh, yeah, they're not moving. Is, no. Yeah. And so we did see four, I think, you know, sub-mature rams. Maybe, I mean, again, maybe, maybe, but we'll maybe look at them again tomorrow and see if they if they grow an inch or two. But yeah, I'm, I'm confident they're not um, uh, legal rams, but they're mature. Or, well, they're probably six or seven-year-old rams. Or cheap country at. though, right? That's the important part. That's so they're the around. Part. They're yeah. around. So invest another day here. Yeah. And we'll confirm Spencer's Ram one way or the other. We still have one day before it's opening day. So today's tomorrow's another looking day. Yeah. Another scout day. And the other the other thing is we really have a ton of country to to, to explore still if yeah. we if we want. So Yeah, um, this is just amazing. This weather is like it's a total blessing. And <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm, yeah. even though I'm cursing all day, it's still a blessing because, yeah, moments like right now. I mean, it's not even we're, we're recording a podcast on top of a freaking mountain at six thousand <laughs> feet right now, and yeah. with a little little microphone and an iPhone, so a little up and glow on the mountain. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. pretty Life's special. Great. Life's great, man. Well, yeah. thanks for doing this, Scott. Yeah, we'll check back in tomorrow. You betcha. Thanks, Don. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jenny, how you doing? Well, got a couple mosquito bites, <laughs> and I'm quite hot. <laughs> how hot are you, Jenny? Well, I think it's about thirty right now. There's one cloud in the sky, and excellent that it's in the best position possible. But it's been hot. Have you ever been this hot on a hunting trip before? No, not in these. No. We're in the northern Rocky Mountains, and it is uh, 
It's too hot. At 6,000 feet and it's too hot. It's six o'clock at night and it's still too hot to like just be. And you're just covered up with clothing too because the mosquitoes are, oh my God, I could just, that mosquito is just full of blood. Can you hit him oh, right there? Yeah, I got him. I have to Ew. hold the mic. See that? Ew. See, this is why I should be wearing my hiking boots. Trying to get out of my hiking boots just for like, oh, for half an hour. But no, that was dumb. Because now my feet are just being chewed on by in my Crocs. There's so many mosquitoes that if you go to slight, if you actually have enough strength to go to slap one <laughs> in this heat, you're likely to get two, possibly even three. <laughs> two or three. Okay, Jenny, can you recap? Um, day, well, this is day two of hunting, right? So day, well, no, day two of looking, day three of our trip. Okay. So how was it today? It was hot and buggy. So we're sitting here. Well, it's interesting too. We were sitting, it's beautiful. There's mountains and big mountains and trees all around. And it's interesting. We can't see our sheep mountain that we're going to go climb tomorrow, which I think is probably better right now because it's a bit intimidating. But it's good to note that um, we had to climb another mountain to glass where Dylan found our sheep that we're going to go look for tomorrow. Uh, so, so what was our initial plan for the day? We were going to look for Spencer's funky ram. So Spencer's found a ram. Ow! So we went up that hill today to confirm if it was likely a legal ram. And we are just, tomorrow is opening day. Tomorrow's opening day and we've got four people here and we've got two rams that we're going to go after. So it's pretty exciting. I told Dylan we were leaving too early to go on this trip, but apparently I was wrong because we're, we're all set for opening day. Yeah. And we found those today, so that was really great. So we climbed a mountain, had a look at Spencer's sheep. I don't think I actually saw him, but Spencer takes really good pictures of his sheep. Beautiful. So he's a funky ram. We're not really sure about one side of him. He looks a bit jacked up. And then from there, we also looked across the valley and saw another ram that we uh, think it's interesting enough to go across the valley and up the other side to go have a closer look. Totally. So I'm excited about tomorrow's. Like, our adventure is going to be kind of long, but I think it's going to be a cool little hunt. And especially if there's a that ram, that group of rams is still hanging out there. They're sitting up on top of a kind of a knob that you know I have no idea how we're going to get close to it. But well, we sort of planned out our. Our route today, because the mountains, I love the mountains out here, they're, you can ridge walk and they sometimes, you can go from one to the other, sometimes you can't. So there's three different routes up that we are actually looking at and I think we've settled on one. Hopefully uh, horse trail will turn left once we cross the river. That's really going to make a difference to our day tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think I've talked about that on podcasts before, like how important it is to like make every effort to try and find a horse trail when you're in the Alpine because it'll make like a lifetime of difference. In this case, I think we're like, if we don't find a horse trail tomorrow morning, it's going to be a lot tougher hunt. But I think there's a good chance because that's a pretty major valley and there's a sheep mountain at the end of the valley. So guaranteed horse guys have wanted to go up there in the past. So there should be something. So that's what we're banking on, hopefully. The Eat Wild guarantee the Eat Wild that there's guarantee. a horse trail <laughs> right to the top. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, goodness. What time are we getting up, Jenny? Uh, well... We got up this morning at four because we discovered that the bugs don't like the cold. But uh, it was a bit warmer this morning. So uh, Scott was unimpressed with me that I 
I woke them up at 4 a.m., but there are still bugs. Um, so I think tomorrow we're going to get up at 3.30, but that's okay because I don't know what time it is now, but it's probably 7 o'clock and we're all ready for bed. It's 6. Oh, I wish upsetting. it was seven because then the sun <laughs> would be behind that mountain and we could go to bed to have another hour of, of this. We've just finished dinner. We've uh, enjoyed some West Coast kitchen. I had the buttered chicken. How was it? Oh, so good. So good. Perfect. Perfect spice. Yeah, they just do a nice job. And Spencer's um, munching away on a, oh, I don't have those. A dill and lentil basmati rice with raisins. Yeah. I don't have that in my... Hopped up with some pack. sockeye salmon. Yeah. Yeah, Spencer brings dehydrated salmon flakes to hop up his meals. I think he's got a bag of bear as well, dehydrated bear that I think we're going to... I'm kind of hoping we all, we get a couple of rams tomorrow and then we have to eat some of his bear ration because we have to make our packs lighter. We're yeah. also discussing... Um, based on the heat as well, how to safely get our, our ram out. But the fact that maybe we'll just consume the liver and the heart first thing tomorrow. <laughs> and the tongue. Spencer's going to chef us up some tongue. <laughs> oh, man. I, a lot of things got to work out. Like, that, like, all, like finding the horse trail, A. Yeah. Waking up, actually getting out of bed. Yeah, whether or not Spencer and Scott can even get to where their ram is, B. And then it's got to be legal. And then you got to find a spot where you can actually kill it and have enough time, daylight to do it all so well we've got a pretty solid mountain to climb in the heat tomorrow so Oof. yeah okay. we'll get up and do this all right let's get to bed all right yeah it's windy but still pretty happy to be laying here right now how you feeling jenny my feet are sore why are your feet sore because I've got a ram in my backpack. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. How, how are your uh, feet doing? Uh, I don't think I've ever carried a bag that's been quite so heavy up quite such a steep hill in quite such hot weather. It's pretty hot. Pretty hot. How much do you think those horns weigh? I have no idea. Like, more than it's like a big salmon. So 30 pounds, maybe 40. I don't know. I'd like to know. But they're heavy. How big is your ram? Um, I think it's 10 years old. It's pretty beautiful. It's pretty beautiful. So we will probably tell you a story later about how it all came together, but we're just in the midst of, we, we shot him, well, <laughs> and when we first spotted him, he was sitting up on top of the mountain in a perfect spot. and We got to 100 yards with to where he was, but was was the operative word. He wasn't there when we got there. He he'd snuck down the other side of well he just moved off out of the sun actually and down into the shady bit on the back side of the hill well that's going to be noisy for the listeners it's so nice it's windy though yeah we're just grabbing a breather anyways we we ended up shooting him on the back side of the hill on kind of a scree slope when he went for a tumble down after that so we just now got him up out of the the drainage that he was in, which was not the drainage that goes back down to camp. So he's up and out of that drainage, which is about an hour straight uphill. And now we're just catching our breath on top of the ridgeline and we've got about an hour and a half down to towards camp. Um, and there's a river down there. We're gonna get this meat in uh, in dry bags into the, into the creek right away. And then uh, maybe we'll come back and tell some stories 
around the fire eating some, yeah. Sheep meat. Yeah, fresh sheep meat. Sheep meat for dinner. Right on. Oh, I got an updated, uh, got an updated weather forecast here. What's the weather saying? Just gonna check. It's significantly bigger than mine, and I don't take that into. So we're just having coffee. What is the weather saying? On the morning of what day? What day is it in the mountains for us? Uh, oh man, could be two, could be ten. Uh, it's sixth if you include the paddle. So the float in. Really? Oh, float day one. Hike day two, two days of spotting. Sheep day, opening day is five. So yeah, we're morning of the six. You got oh. a weather forecast here. High at 22 today, which is welcome. 20% chance of rain overnight tonight. What's the low? The low this evening is going to be... Mm-hmm. Five degrees, which is quite nice. Oh, that's good. Ooh, that's like fridge temperature. Um, Our yeah. beers are going to be perfect. <laughs> but the days have been like, I don't know, upwards of, I mean, God, it feels like it could be 28 degrees on the mountains or something when it was hot. Oh, I couldn't believe like how sweaty I was coming off that mountain yesterday. Yeah, it was unreal. Yeah. When that cloud cover or that smoke rolled in and held the heat in. It was kind of a mixed blessing that uh, that smoke though because it really covered up the sun quite nicely. Yeah, I'll take it. It was, it was just muggy. Like it just like yeah. created this muggy yeah, sauna-like feeling as we're coming off the mountain fully loaded. Well, Tuesday's jacking back up to a high of 22 though, which is still, that's reasonable. And it's Sunday today? Yeah. Right on. Well, we'll have the river. No 100% rain in the forecast anywhere. The highest I see is 40, which is, oh, coming in the next weekend. No, it's saying 70. That's pretty far off. Okay. So we got more sort of nice weather, whether you think it's nice or not. Well, and we want to lower precip. It's better for the river to see the river. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we're not stuck with any terminal portages. Totally. But the first question of the day um, is, so we're sitting up here in camp. We've got the podcast machine running. So yesterday we had a insanely successful sheep hunting day. The, uh, the SNS party, Scott and Spencer, <laughs> went after Tusk. SS Tusk, man. SS Tusk. <laughs> That's right. Maybe I'll name my boat that. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. totally Doesn't have man. a name yet, man. SS Tusk. <laughs> so success, <laughs> successful day for the SS Tusk at about what, 8.30? 8.30, I guess. Scott was... Uh... Yeah, I ran down at 8.30. We were, you know, we ran into him probably about 7.45 and had the pleasure of... Uh, Watching them for quite a while. Scott was the logistics man. <laughs> <laughs> Coordinating. Well, I think we should do that story in a separate hit on the podcast. 
Then we'll capture that. And then at 10.30, Jenny and I were, were setting up for a shot on the gentleman ram. And uh, so we didn't turn our inReach on until we'd actually climbed down and, you know, touched the ram and, you know, we're getting over all the anxiety and yeah, excitement of everything. You guys had me worried for we're, a bit there. Well, like, oh, 10 o'clock check-in. Well, it was 9. No, I we thought did it was nine. 9. And, you know, your mind starts going. You're like, you guys went into a new area. and I don't know. I mean, I figured. You always, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were into the hunt the whole time. So like, there was no way yeah. either of us were going, oh, we should check in with yeah. the boys. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, that's 945. Scott's going to be worried. Yeah. Well, and also as we were looking, so there was... There were two legal rams in our group, maybe three. And had they, had we been looking at them when they were still on top of the mountain, maybe we could have considered shooting two. Certainly once they did drop down the other side of the mountain, that, that, that idea had passed itself. But I didn't want to turn the inReach on just to know what you guys were doing. Because yeah. one ram was more to deal with than we can... More than we can deal with, let alone two. Yeah, yeah. And three would have been completely. We made that decision. That yeah, yeah. Three was too much. Yeah. We were already banking on you guys helping us pack out our <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> secretly. I was, that's what I said to Dylan too. I was, well, those guys can get back to camp and come out back up and help me with my rent. <laughs> <laughs> and I just in my mind, I just like flashed in like the actual distance and the. From where you guys were to where we were, where, where Jenny's ram would have been had she shot it there. It's just like the, the elevation profile would look like. It was already a Herculean, yeah. Herculean effort to get us back to camp. I think my ram needs a year of being top dog too. Yeah, give him the opportunity. Gear in that. Yeah, he was trying to boss around everybody else. Meanwhile, the gentleman ram was just just taking it all in from above. He'd raise an eyebrow every once in a while. Yeah, just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, try to lead by example. But yeah, boss ram. Well, yeah, number the number two is now the number one. Yeah, it's the first gray jay I've seen. I've heard him, but I'm surprised they haven't come and visited yeah. us. In that. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Look, oh, I know what he's doing over there. He's he's pecking the fat off the yeah. off the horns. Is yeah. that a whiskey jack on a gray jay? Same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We come on whiskey jacks. Canada J whiskey jack. Yeah, camp robber. Camp robber. Yeah. Well, you know it's funny. Like I see I that. everywhere that I ever these. So these are truly wild whiskey jacks because um, they're not over here yeah. looking for our peanuts. Yeah. The best is so Vale put up for years. People at the Seventh Heaven Chair have been feeding the whiskey jacks, and it's really entertaining. Yeah. And I mean the population is pretty solid around there. Two years ago. Vale put up a sign that says, don't feed the whiskey jacks. It makes them sick. <laughs> Pretty sure history shows that the whiskey jacks are okay with the occasional granola bar. Yeah. There's a reason there's 40 or 50 yeah. around here. <laughs> we, have a, we have a ranger on our crew that's like, I mean, obviously don't feed wildlife in parks, but one of our busiest parks in the system is Joffrey Lakes. Yeah. It's just freaking chaos, right? Like there's so many people going up there with such limited infrastructure. And one of the rangers is just like so dedicated to telling people not to feed the whiskey jacks. <laughs> I'm like, dude, of all the things you could be doing right now, like cleaning out houses, like controlling traffic so it's not like parking on the side of the highway. Telling people to switch their high heels for... Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. It's like the, the last thing we have to worry about is the whiskey jack population here eating, you know, some uh, 
we had some sushi takeout from from Pemberton or whatever. Like, all right, let, let's get to our decision point today because I think it's an important one for people who might be interested in, in sheep hunting. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the hardest thing you've ever done. Don't do it. <laughs> so I've never shot a sheep before, and I I sort of knew they were smaller, like a small ish animal, right? But this with. But, that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, but but with, when you add up like everything you need to be up in the mountains for a camp, plus all the mountain gear, and then you take half a sheep in your backpack plus the horns, like it's a lot of weight. Yeah. Well, the just the the horns alone. What do you think? Twenty pounds? Fifteen pounds? I see. I they're not forty. I I in my mind after packing it down like this because I figured there's. There can't be more than 50 pounds of meat, like 100 pounds of meat on the animal. No. Like there's 80 pounds or something, right? Maybe? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 80. At this point, yeah, we, you know, clean the animal up well enough. You got probably 80 pounds of meat. So, but, so I had half a sheep, a gun, so that's 50 pounds plus the head. And I thought it was one of the heavier packs I've ever had on. It felt like a solid 85 or... Plus water. Yes. Plus a bit of miscellaneous stuff at the bottom of my pack. Well, and our creek was dry. We weren't overly depending that on that creek, but we walked over it in the morning and it had water running in it that we would drink. Yeah, and then no no water in the afternoon. It's a bit frustrating. Yeah, we had a bit of a shocker there too when we hit the creek that I promised Spencer there'd be water <laughs> and it was dry. <laughs> After telling him, no, we just need a liter, Spence. <laughs> Drop down there, boom, Oh, dry. that one in the morning? Yeah. But we, oh. I walked up the creek a bit, and actually, uh, there ended up being a, a significant amount of water. So just disappeared in the ground. So the question ahead of us is, I mean, adding another, I mean, camp is something like 40 pounds or something. Not even that. I mean, tent. Sleeping bag. Sleeping bag. Cooking cooking kit. But the, pro- well, the other problem we have is, like, we were planning on being up here for another seven days, or six days. So there's six more days of food, which is 12 pounds. Which has to come out with us or has to be managed somehow. Like, um, you had to eat like twelve pounds of food today before we go down the mountain. Well, we can oh, make these. Uh, we can <laughs> make these gray jays pretty happy. Uh, actually, that makes them sick if you feed them. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> and we are probably at a park here, so we wouldn't want to feed them in a park. No. So, especially a couple of park rangers. We're outside uh, of the park here. Yeah, but yes, but yeah, yeah we a couple park rangers should definitely not. Question is, how do we get all our stuff back to the boat? You guys know a Sherpa? Yeah. This is why people hunt with horses. I think we should invent paraglide sheep hunting. That's so cool. You could do it off any of these hills here. Oh, yeah. Right, right we, back down the We boats. could glide right down the valley. Yeah. I'm sure it's been done. It's, it's, it could happen. I, I kind of like the idea. So our question is, yeah, are we going to do two loads or one? And I think our loads would be over 100 pounds each to get out. I don't think I've ever done more than 90 in my pack. No. Well, we've got 10K to go. Mostly downhill, mostly horse trail. Yeah. 
So the train isn't too bad. No, bit of a bushwhack at the top, but at least it's a downhill bushwhack. That we might avoid it if we stay on the horse trail from the top down. Yeah, I was thinking about that, yeah. but I'm a little worried that it just kind of, it'll get you down in the valley and then peter out into this thick willow and then we got to get back. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't want to get down low, lose yeah, the horse yeah, trail. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll be able to make that call as we go because I, th I think the horse trail will tell us what it wants to do. Yeah. I think part of it is that there's another horse trail that goes up that valley down there. Yeah. That kind of, so there, this might be a bit of a, they call it a crow's foot or where there's sort of three trails that come together, right? Yeah. Yep. But, but we have the benefit of time and it's cooled right down. The meat is sitting in a creek right now, just below camp. And so it should be nice and cold. And then, uh, yeah, options are loaded up the meat, run it down to the boats, throw it in dry bags and into the creek to keep it cold, then hike back up here either spend the night or pack up again and run back down or go her, 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 Herculean, her, Herculean, Herculean <laughs> loads and go down. Spencer, what's your vote? I, um, I've always been for the slow and steady pace when it comes to anything with life. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, going all out when we got this time is kind of like jumping the gun and uh could lead to injury or just silly things you know you trip on a route with a, a 60 pound bag it's a totally different story when you trip on a route with a hundred pound bag <laughs> it's just the, the, the yeah. image that comes into my head. <laughs> lawn darting? Yeah. It's not a roll. It's just like a, yeah, a flat dead fall. With yeah. a ram horn that just smashes yeah. you in the back of the head. For yeah. like face plant and then <laughs> I feel like slow and steady two days, we like mitigate that, the potential for that risk. Yeah. How about you, Scott? Yeah, I mean... I think I was pretty maxed out yesterday. That was probably the heaviest uh, my pack has been for, you know, in that kind of terrain. and um, I was pretty beat up by the end of it. So I'd I think, yeah, I mean, the two, the two trips, you know, although it seems hard to be have to go down to the river, come back and go back again, I mean, seems yeah i think i'd opt for that one just based on yeah you know i'm reaching my limit yesterday pretty much with that weight yeah for sure jenny i think i'm down with the two trip i struggled on the way down yesterday yeah so i think uh two trips would be ideal and it's pretty nice up here yeah so maybe that's my thought i'm not quite ready to <laughs> leave this beautiful spot take off I well, also have this perception in my head too that if we do two trips it's going to be easy which I think I need to erase that, that oh, yeah, even just getting the one trip <laughs> yeah. down is, like even the meat going down yeah. once so like what we what we carried off the mountain yesterday yeah. was pretty intense so like yeah and then to come back up and grab the rest of our kit mm. and come down is going to be yeah yeah I mean it, yeah I guess the other it's a hard decision right because we talked about take the meat, take the camp, but really, like, probably none of us feels 
100% comfortable leaving um, one or the other, regardless of what you take. Yeah. Because there's a risk, you know, we're leaving our, basically our shelter here. Yeah. While we go away for probably six out, six, seven hours. Yeah. Um, so it kind of yeah. makes me feel a bit vulnerable to you that way. But. Yeah, me too. Well, we hike, I mean, you'll go for a day hike without. Yeah, I know, I, it, for sure. And that's the way to look at it. I just, I don't know. It's uh, over last year's trip, that huge discussion about, because we didn't use the Sikh tent, the TB tent last year. Actually, we set it up once. Yeah. And then it would be pretty nice to have it down by the river right now at this discussion. Oh, yeah. To have an extra shelter down there. Just yeah. Just for, for future trips. No, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, that would be... Well, we do have tarps and shit down there. So we're not... Like, if we, I think we bring our rain shells down and... Yeah, the, and the thought process of bringing Still something tarps, up and yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, I don't love that thought, but stay safe. Yeah. Well, we could bring bring your shells down and the sill tarp, so if we have to camp down there, and then on the way back up, we go a little lighter maybe. Actually, on the way back up, there is beer and whiskey in, in the base camp. So we could bring the bottle of whiskey back up here and enjoy it from here. That's a perk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going down there to get the whiskey. <laughs> well, we just made a decision. No, Jenny, we're we're going to put the meat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we got a bit of a plan. Sounds like a consensus on slow and steady. Keep it safe. Yeah. Plan it out so we're not completely stuck down there for some reason with, without any kind of shelter. Yeah. And uh, the boats are sheltered too, hey? Yeah. You, you sleep, sleep under, under that boat in a heartbeat. Yeah. Sleep in the yeah, boat with a tarp totally. Over the top. You can sleep in that boat. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. You guys can zip, put me in there and blow the rest of it off and zip me in there. <laughs> I'd be just, so waterproof. Just cocooned too, in your pack. Too airtight. <laughs> One of us on each side. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have time for one more coffee here. Oh, yeah. Want it? One more coffee. Three coffee morning. With a oh. nice view of the mountains and our rams. Could I have a little, a little touch of coffee? Oh, yeah. Feel mine. Not a. I don't. <laughs> Spencer, how are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling great. Stiff, but a state of euphoria, one might say. I'm feeling closer to a state of, like, not quite celebration, but, like, getting closer to the sense of accomplishment of of what we've been able to pull off on this trip. I, I certainly didn't feel it after I pulled the trigger and somewhat felt so happy to see it like a ram that was absolutely legal yeah and it was absolutely dead and we recovered it but then of course you look up the mountain and you're like oh yeah that's got to go back up there and then it's got to go back down there and then it's got to go down eventually find its way to the boats and how'd you feel after you, that like that when did you feel a moment of elation or yeah i i when we got to the ram it was just such a relief that it was in a safe good spot quick death uh, and uh, I I remember this strange feeling that I can't I don't know how many times I felt it in my life but it was 
such an intense feeling of gratitude and happiness all mixed with holy smokes it's so hot and there's so much stuff ahead of us we gotta butcher this ram do everything we can to respect this meat make sure we don't waste uh do anything we can to mitigate waste it's booming hot get it off the mountain to something safe I've been feeling like that, that exactly that sense has sort of overwhelmed my ability to reflect on how special this whole experience has been because there's been such a, such fine margins for, for error here and, and the work that has to happen to get the animal, you know, off the mountain as fast as we can. And then we were able to get it, you know, Jenny and I had our ram in the, in, in the little, in the little creek. So we'd put it, you probably covered this off in a previous um, chat here, but in dry bags under little waterfalls in a creek and and that'll pull the heat out of the meat and then um you know that happened you know shot it at 10 30 and it was in the river by five which i mean given the situation wasn't bad you guys were a little bit earlier and a little bit later but still like yeah i think that's pretty pretty darn good so um and i think we checked in last night and we talked about whether we would go whether we were going to be able to pull the, the rams and camp down and we opted for two trips after our discussion yeah so for the listeners we have this spike camp in this beautiful valley and the mountains around us are the ones we're hunting but it's a large hike back to river camp where our pack rafts are and so we had that decision in a part of this overwhelm wow this is a big job to do now we were deciding do we throw everything on our back and we had that discussion yesterday, recorded it with the podcast. We decide we're gonna do two trips. One trip down with all our meat and try to put it back in a creek or river. We made it to the camp, put it in the river. And then we have to hike back up here the same day to stay in camp one more time, button up camp, clean everything up, and then go back down to meet our, our, uh, our river camp. Yeah, so so it amounted to a four. So we packed up. We had to get a sleep in because I think it was a twenty-hour day for for both of us. You guys might have been a twenty-one-hour day or an hour after us to get to bed from when we got up at three in the morning to when we went to bed. Yeah, and so that was definitely needed a good sleep. And then we got up and we were on the trail here, leaving camp, and it's a ten-kilometer trail down to camp, dropping a I don't know fifteen hundred. Be, no, a couple thousand feet of it. Well, no, more than that. 3,000 feet, three or 4,000 feet of elevation down to the river. And uh, four hours anyways. And and we were going out pretty heavy. Your pack was, how, how much was your pack? 75. Yeah. Jenny? 74. Yeah, I'll give you 75 because you had your, your bino harness yeah. on too. So it'll give you a couple more pounds. So Yeah. Yeah. Getting close to 80. Of, um, and then Jenny... Jenny was at just over 60. Uh, Scott was like 35, 34 pounds, I think. And then... Uh, <laughs> I think Scott was, yeah, 20 pounds. Yeah, something, something like that, yeah. Somehow he just like kept stuffing stuff into our packs. Um, yeah, I, I think I was at about 65 or 68, which is, you know, like I wasn't dying, but I wasn't like enjoying myself. I mean, that's my max. Like I feel like that I can comfortably pack downhill anyways and keep on kind of moving. And of course we had the fucking, sorry. <laughs> what were the other features of that hike down that were so pleasant? It was just 
the muggiest day we experienced this entire trip. That for most of the trip it has just been hot and and dry. But yesterday it was the, like the smoke held in everything. And so it was almost Have you ever played that game Hot Car? It was a game we used to play tree planting where you finish the day tree planting and you crank the heat oh, in the fan. With a bunch of tree planters in the yeah. Oh, it sounds like me. I wish I had, but and I wh- haven't. Whoever lasts the longest wins. It was like hot car all day while packing an 80-pound backpack. Because the smoke hit the valley finally from the fires down south and just held that in and you're drenched inside out. But when we made it to river camp, we all jumped in that river and yeah, that was a relief. Restart. Restart. So, so meet care though. So we, we, we had the, I was pretty pleased because by the time, even by the time we got back down to the river, we, we basically psyched out the river for a little back eddy with the tree kind of leaning out over the river, which and it was a deep enough pool that we figured we could take all the meat out of our packs, put it into a giant dry bag, put rocks in the bottom of the dry bags and then stuff the meat in there and got all the air out. Had a couple ropes to the giant dry bags and just sunk them into the water there, and I was actually pretty happy. Like the, it was completely submerged, um, just a little bit outside the current, so it's not going to you know get get pulled away. Um, but I think that so whatever the river temperature is, which I I think is around less than six degrees because it's coming out of glacier-fed lakes, and but it's still quite warm, so it's heating up. Um, sorry, mosquito business. Um, yeah, so then we now sitting down there in the creek relatively secure and hopefully cold. So we're, I'm pretty happy with how that worked out. Yeah, it's all a first time for us, hey? So, submersing our meat in the dry bags and water to preserve it, but. Well, I don't know how guys do this any other way. I mean, like, it's never, I mean, just in this temperature, I mean, trying to get out off the mountains. I know guys eat a lot of their sheep before they get off the mountain sometimes and. Yeah, but I think uh, I think we have a good shot of, of it working out for us. So yeah, and I mean, I hope I mean, I hope it works out one hundred percent. And that's the that's the idea. We also left all of our. I think we 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 both you know, we, without even being together, we both made the same call that we were gonna uh, butcher leaving the ham bone and the shoulder bones in. As much as that might save us a couple of pounds to take those out, just having less like cuts in the meat. I think we'll reduce the amount of potential mm-hmm. for bacteria and also for the amount of handling the meat's going to have to have between now and when we get to the truck. Like having, you know, just those handles on the meat on those main cuts is going to be super important. So just fewer little pieces to kind of get covered in bacteria and whatever. And I mean, in my mind too, when we were packing it out, I was thinking, I don't think I could consciously put together saving a couple pounds in bones but I will consciously remember how delicious that sheep bone marrow is. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that for the rest of my life, but I won't be like, oh yeah, I saved two pounds by boning it out. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. it's an 80 pound pack anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm looking forward to weighing the bones because I think it's a good question. I, I, even when I do like an elk or something like that, like, you know, I packed quite a few elk farther than I probably should have and, and thought about deboning them and I never have. And, uh, it's always worth weighing it, you know, and, and whether the, I don't think it's worth the weight, weight gain or weight loss, whatever you'd call it, um, by taking it out. But cool. So, hey, so we're uh, at the top of the mountain here. We got our yeah. camp to take down to the river and hopefully get down the river in time to 
yeah, pull our meat out, throw it in the bottom of our boats. Totally. Feeling very empowered after so many uh, long hiking trips. Oh, man. Feels like our legs could take us very far, and this is going to be the last big hike of the trip. Yeah, and then we go to the upper body workout, paddling for next few days. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Spencer. Yep. How you doing, Jenny? Pretty good. Hanging out in the tent, trying to stay cool and away from the bugs. So we made it off the river, or sorry, we made it off the mountain today. Both sheep down at the river, all of our camp down here. And um, how was it down here, Jenny? Hot. It's way, way too hot to be sitting beside a river. There's no wind. It's eight o'clock at night, pinned down in our tents. We discovered a new variety of pesky bugs. The, the, these, we were quite familiar with the mosquitoes, the large variety of, um, of black flies, horse flies, and wasps up in the Alpine. But down here, there's just like, how would you describe them, Jenny? Well, they're not no CMs, because you sure see them, but they're tiny little black flies, and they seem to take chunks out of you. Just chunk after chunk, and there's lots of them, so they can dig quite a bit of you. And they seem to be able to sneak in your mosquito net around your face because they're so little. And up your pant legs and your ankles. Yeah, and into your boots. Oh, yeah. So we all just went to bed. Like, we're all kind of like at the river. We had like oh, fire. An amazing dinner. Tell us about dinner. Oh, uh, dinner was sheep tenderloin. That Scott cooked on a hot rock around the fire. That was with, uh, what did you put on it? That was salt and pepper, basically. Montreal spite, uh, steak spice mix. And some sort of a gravy that you chefed up, but the sheep itself, just the sheep cooked on that hot rock. Oh, that was, that was, yeah, one of my top, top five meals of all time. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then we did have a West Coast kitchen, um, I think it was stewed beef with apricots. We split one of those and then put the gravy on it and then put the put the sheep on top. It was pretty darn good. Yeah, and then we had uh, smuggled some processmanies down the river as well. Oh, we, it was beer day today. A couple we, cold pints by the river. A couple cold pints and there was also a bottle of whiskey that we had to sip on. And we, we did have this awesome moment though when we did get down it was like four o'clock and we hit the river and the wind had come up and we were able to like take our clothes off and jump in the river <laughs> and have a swim and cool down and do our laundry and wash and like get out of the river and dry off in the wind and that was magical. I had to have a second swim post dinner. It was overheating again. Oh. I'm worried about the rest of BC right now. Like, I, I I can't imagine what's happening. Like, we are in the farthest northern part of British Columbia, and it's just too darn hot. Luckily, the smoke that we were seeing in the last two days dissipated, so that was a, a good sign. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit frightening. Yeah, totally. Well, we'll no more in a couple of days. All right. Well, let's um kill some more bugs and maybe catch some seas. Yeah.
Okay, folks, so that's going to wrap up part one of what I think is going to be a three-part series of our Ramtastic sheep hunting adventure. So come back in a week or two, and we will have a podcast kind of going over the the actual hunt day. Uh, we had a chance to, to get together in the hotel room uh, when we had a sort of a down day in Fort St. John. We dropped the meat off at the butcher and got to relax. So we'll, we'll catch up with you then. And then uh, the third episode will be us uh, as we get caught up again a couple of weeks later back home after we've done the re-entry back into society and reflecting back on this trip and a whole bunch of stuff to cover as far as meat care and paddling and lots of fun stuff. So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast so far. It's been a lot of fun for us to to tell the story and um, yeah, and, uh, it's been a fun adventure. All right. Hey folks, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Now, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a question either on our Instagram or email me directly at dylan at eatwild.ca and we'll do our best to answer that question on our future podcast or we might even build an entire podcast based on your questions. So thanks for doing that. So if you want to hear more from Eat Wild, you can come join us. We're doing a series of Eat Wild Learn to Hunt webinars. So we're getting together on a monthly basis, talking about all things hunting with a group of mentors through a webinar format. There are tons of fun. Come join us there. Now, if you happen to live in the Vancouver, British Columbia area, we do in-person workshops where we get together, learn fundamental skills for you to be a better hunter. Hope you can hang out for one of those too if you happen to be in the area. Now, we'd love it if you could leave a review or a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. That'd be a great help to us. And more importantly, share this podcast with folks who care about the stuff we're talking about. So thanks for doing that. Until next time, eat well and wild. Well.